This is the Craft Room Podcast and today I'm interviewing Marnie Franks who's going to share with us her top 10 must-have items so that you can begin quilt making. This is episode 5. Welcome to the Craft Room Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Lewis, professional crafter, craft teacher, and all-round craft enthusiast. This podcast will help you get great value from your craft supplies and perhaps help you discover new techniques, ideas, and products to take your crafting to the next level. There is so much craft to talk about, so let's dive right in. Hey, welcome to the craft room. And today, unlike previous episodes, I am not alone. I'm joined by my friend Marnie Franks of Frankenstein's Fabric. It's entirely her fault that I am now a quilter. I, it was inevitable when we became friends, I make quilts. It's just who I am now, but it's my hobby. It's something I do for fun. And Marnie has graciously agreed to come share with us her top 10 must have things that you really do need in order to make a quilt top. Let me tell you a little bit about Marnie. She is a long arm quilter. She's a published pattern designer. She teaches quilting. Uh, we teach in the same store and she knows her way around a sewing machine. Let me tell you that. Alrighty, so we're gonna kick off and Marnie, do you wanna tell us a little bit about why quilts? Mm, that's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I uh, started quilting probably 17 years ago. Basically what happened was I wanted to make a cock quilt for a cousin who was just born and it's a very, very dark, slippery slope into quilting. <laughs> I tell you babies, they are the start of everything. Mm, very much. Very much. All right. So we've got a list here and money's going to talk us through. I made a list. She made a list. They were startlingly similar. So I think <laughs> I've learned a thing or two. But what would be your number one thing? Because I didn't number them. I thought they were all the same, but you've got a particular order. So what's number one? Number one would be your pattern. You have to start somewhere. So if you don't have a pattern, you don't know where you're going. So the first thing is whether you're buying a commercial pattern from another quilter or if you are designing something yourself, the pattern is the first point of starting all of this. Yeah, I think you might be right there because without a pattern, you don't know what you need to buy. You don't know what size. You've got no direction really. No, no direction. All right, so there's patterns, you can get them from a lot of different places, online, in yep. stores, yep. magazines, yep, all of those. Uh, the best thing to do is find someone who's reputable, who sells a lot of patterns. That way you know that they've been doing it for a while and that they should have their instructions correct. Now, you and I are both pattern writers, so we know this from an insider's point of view is that not everybody who can make something great can actually make a great pattern. So that's a really good tip, actually. If you've got someone who's even recommended a pattern maker to you because they found it easy to follow, look for reviews. That, that could be a good way to do it. Definitely. Uh, the thing with instructions for quilting is they need to be accurate. So if you're out half an inch, it's going to ripple out and cause problems later on. Yeah, I know that firsthand. Mm. Yeah, because I designed all my own patterns and, yeah, I learned that the hard way. So she speaks the truth. She does. All right, so patterns, super important. You know what you're making. Now you've got an idea what it's going to look like. Number two. Definitely your sewing machine. That makes a lot of sense. Your sewing machine is your linchpin. It is the thing that you need to go in all directions for sewing. Uh, you need to have something, unless you're going to be hand piecing something, your sewing machine is definitely your second priority when it comes to this list. Well, you can't sew without sewing implements and I'm not sure that I would recommend a hand pieced quilt top for an absolute beginner but I guess if you weren't sewing on a sewing machine it was hand pieced in place of a sewing machine you'd need a sewing needle exactly yeah okay so a sewing machine you like you know sewing machines you know them literally inside and out 
I've seen her up to her elbows in sewing machine parts. It's quite impressive. So what should people do when they're approaching their machine if maybe they haven't sewed for 20 years? Well, first and foremost, uh, make sure it's in good working condition. So if it needs a service, take it to your local service technician. Uh, you need to make sure that you have the right equipment to do what you need. So that's all your accessories for your machine. Uh, make sure that you've got a good bobbin, that it's wound properly, and that you're, you've got a fresh needle so it's nice and sharp and doesn't ruin any of your fabric. Uh, and you also need to make sure you've got the right foot on the machine. Yeah, I, I second that. If you haven't used your sewing machine in a long time, definitely get a service. It's a good investment because quilting is addictive and you're going to use it. So it's a great investment. Okay, so we've got our pattern. We've got our sewing machine. What next? Number three. Be your rotary cutter. And that is basically what looks like a pizza cutter. Uh, there are a few different types available, but the best um, advice I can give you is make sure that it's got a nice ergonomic handle so it's nice and comfortable in your hand, that it has a safety lock. So if you are not using it, you can lock it. So if there are small children or pets around, nobody can open it up and cut themselves because they are very, very sharp. So sharp. I've taken a bit of my finger off. It's not pleasant. Just be careful. Uh, and the other thing I would recommend too is that you go for a standard 45mm blade. There are a couple of different sizes with blade, but it's the best size if you're just doing your standard strip cutting or your blocks uh, because it's a good, good size. It's not huge, it's not too small, it's just sitting there in the middle. It's like the baby bear's porridge of rotary cutters. <laughs> we talk, we've talked a lot about these. I actually feel like we could do a whole episode just on rotary cutters. Should we do that one day? Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. She's going to come back and join me in the craft room. Yay. Okay. So we've got our pattern. We've got our sewing machine. We've got our rotary cutter. Number four would be a ruler. And not your regular old ruler. This is a specific patchwork cutting ruler. They're made of perspex with inch markings. And the reason why we use inch markings is because most quilting is done in Imperial because a lot of stuff comes from America. Now, yes, we use metric in Australia, but it's much easier to quilt in Imperial, so stick with it. Yeah, I have to agree with that. And for scrapbookers, it's actually an easy transition, um, transition over onto it. Um, I have a couple of different rulers. Do you need a lot of rulers or will one kickstart you? Uh, the best one to start with is the one that is 6.5 by 24 inch, and that is it's a nice wide ruler, 6.5 to accommodate your hand to hold it in place while you're cutting, and the length of it gives you one good pass at cutting a long strip with your folded fabric. So I've, I know that all the quilting fabrics, when you buy them on the bolt, they come folded in half. And so bam, just one, one run of it. Brilliant, brilliant. All right, so there you go, one ruler to start. And we've got pattern, sewing machine, rotary cutter ruler. Number five would be? Your cutting mat. Now, there are a few different sizes once again with this, but um, the bigger the better in this instance. So there is one that is a 24 inch by 36 inch uh, cutting mat. Uh, you need to look for something that is self-healing so that every time you cut into it the cuts will close themselves up over time and it means your mat will last longer. There's a couple of brands that I do recommend over others and you do get what you pay for. Uh, if you spend the money on a good mat it will last you years. I still have my original mat that I bought 16-17 years ago. So That's impressive. Can um, I grab some links to some of the ones that you think are great and we'll pop them in the show notes? Definitely. Awesome. That's really good. We are up to number six and we're still talking tools. What's number six? This is one of the most important things if you are looking for accuracy with your quilting. Well, it's actually piecing. So quilting is a one of those interchangeable words with some of the other things, but we'll get to that at another point. 
so your quarter inch foot. This is what goes on your machine to keep your seams at a quarter of an inch. Now a quarter of an inch is six millimetres. It's hard to eyeball unless you've had a lot of practice. So having this foot is the best way to go. There are a couple of different quarter inch feet and it just depends on the machine model that you have. So you need to investigate from your local sewing machine shop what matches your foot, uh, your machine, sorry. And so there's a quarter inch foot that is just the quarter inch and there are some that have a little tongue that sticks out. It's like a guide. That means that you can butt the edge, raw edge of your fabric up to it and it just keeps that seam nice and even and at, at six millimetres. Yeah, I've got to say, I didn't use a quarter inch foot when I started. I put some washi tape on my machine a quarter inch out from the needle. It did not work. Can't say I recommend that particular method. So yeah, do invest in it and definitely get your machine feet from a reputable sewing machine dealer. I got a walking foot from eBay once and it was a disaster. It was a huge waste of money. I regret it a lot. And yes, I was, I told you so. Uh -huh. I told you so. I made a sewing <laughs> pun. Um, so yeah, definitely get your quarter inch foot. You will be so glad that you did. All right, we are going to move away from tools now, I understand. We're moving on to number seven. What what else do we need? The best part of it and all, the fabric. Oh, yes. Okay, so with fabric, it is all a matter of buying what you need. Now, with quilting, we tend to buy a little bit more than we need because we all like to stash some in our craft rooms. I uh, won't tell you how much exactly I own, but that's another story. So your fabric will be what you need to make your quilt. It'll be the fabrics that coordinate. If you've got something in mind, so that's a baby quilt, you buy pastels or something that's suitable to the decor of the baby's room, those sorts of things. But possibly in another chat where we'll talk about my cheats, shopping list and things like that, that's quite helpful. Over the years, because I've, I've worked in retail and craft shops, I've actually narrowed it down to the best way to buy certain lengths of fabric so that you've got exactly what you need, really no matter how big the quilt is that you go. Oh, I like the sound of that. Yeah, I think we could talk for a really long time about fabric and one never discusses the size of one's fabric stash. I really do believe that buying fabric and using fabric are two completely different hobbies. Definitely. Uh, the amount of fabric that I've hidden in certain places and snuck in so that certain other members of the family don't find out, yeah. <laughs> okay, now when people are shopping for fabric, I I recommend cotton, you recommend cotton. 100%. It's, you do not want to be using dressmaking fabric necessarily with you've got different kinds of fibres and like you need all of this, and this is my interpretation, correct me if I'm wrong, but the whole quilt top should be all one type of fabric. Yes and no. This is the... Generally speaking. Yeah. So when you're first starting, the, the best advice is always go 100% cotton. It is the most stable of all of the fabrics and this is why we recommend it. This is why we use it all the time. Once you've gained some more experience, you can experiment with other fabrics best recommendation in that sense is just wait until you've had far more practice because if you go into dressmaking fabrics satin is slippery leather is sticky things like that so your machine will need other feet you'd need to compensate for the type of fabric in other ways so that's another conversation we could have we could go into types of fabric and types of feet and types of needles that you need for those fabrics absolutely now some of you may be thinking i saw this cool thing on pinterest i'm going to make a t-shirt quilt I know you have a strong opinion on that. Please. Her face is saying a lot here. I wish I wish I was videoing this. Please don't do a t-shirt quilt as your first quilt. It will take you far too long and you will hate quilting 
please don't. Uh, the best thing I would recommend is make some basic quilts, just regular old cotton, some squares, some rectangles, and don't start with circles for the love of all things patchworking. It's just easier if you start simple and then work your way up. And I know people like, I want to be good really quickly. It's all about practice, but please don't do a t-shirt quilt first because t-shirts are made of jersey and jersey stretches and it's going to move and then you'll get lumps and bumps and you'll hate it. Please don't. <laughs> and if uh, watching Marnie do this is anything to go by, there are some four-letter words dropped on a fairly regular basis when making a t-shirt quilt. So that's just a little heads up. But yeah, we should, we'll do we'll do a big thing about, I have a feeling Marnie's going to be a regular. She knows so much. Remember I said in a previous episode, I admire the specialists. This girl right here is a specialist. I don't specialise. She does. She's a fountain of knowledge. Okay, moving away from fabric, but still in the general realm, what would be number eight? Your thread. Thread is one of those things where there's a lot out there on the market and everyone's got a bit in their stash. So when you're starting quilting, the best thing to do would be you need a standard cotton thread or a cotton polyester blend thread. Uh, there is one brand in particular that I like to recommend because it's economical and there's a lot on a spool. Uh, the thing with thread is you need certain weight and it's usually 50 weight and if it's not marked on the thread you can usually tell because it is the standard kind of weight. Once again we could talk about threads forever and ever, it's one of those things, there's a lot out there, but if you just go into your local sewing shop and you ask for their standard cotton thread or their poly blend, Polycotton blend, uh, they should be able to help you. But I'll give Dawn some links so you can see some of the ones that I recommend. Oh, yeah, and there really is a difference between sewing with that gorgeous thread and sewing with something from a dollar shop. Huge difference. And it can stuff up your machine if you're not careful because there are certain threads that should only be used by hand. There's a waxed quilting thread that comes on a spool that looks like it belongs on a machine. If you use that in your machine, the wax will thread off the thread into your machine and cause problems. Uh, you've also got things, if you're using something that grandmother's given you, it's probably really old, no offence grandma, but it's not very good to put in your machine because it's aged, it could have become brittle, it could become really dry. Once again, you could have a problem with your stitching. So what could happen is you'll end up with lumps and bumps along the thread and you will have more trouble with black thread more than any other colour and that's because they dye it multiple times to make it black. So if you do have trouble with a thread, and it's stitching and it's black, try a different colour, see if this, the problem's still happening, and it will probably be with the black thread itself. That is a very handy tip. I did not know that. That is, how have I known you all these years <laughs> not knowing that? <laughs> all right, so we've got our fabric, we've got our thread, we know what we're making, we've got all our tools, this is very exciting, we're nearly ready to start, except we need number nine. Pins. Yes. Now, this is one thing that I will say, I'm not a pinner. I don't pin a lot and the reason is this because I have so much experience I know what the fabric is going to do but as a beginner you need to pin things you need to hold things in place until you are ready to sew what you're doing to hold seams nice and neat together to make sure your fabrics not moving so if you're going to go and buy a packet of fresh pins buy good quality pins make sure they're nice and sharp uh, my preference tends to lean towards the flower head pins because they sit nice and flat so you don't get that little lump in your fabric with the um, glass headed or plastic headed pins. Don't bother with pins that don't have a head like the little metal ones. That tiny little head's very hard to get a hold of. 
but if you go for the long flower head pins they are generally a bit longer than regular pins and that flat head makes it a lot easier to use yeah when i've used them when i've been sewing at your place they're awesome and don't balk at the price when you really look at them mm. they're just minimal and they last forever good quality pins will last forever and if you come across a pin and it won't pin because it's dull it's not sharp anymore please throw it away it's one pin you can always replace it throw it away um, now some people might be wondering about quilting clips because we see them a lot I have a lot of quilting clips I really like them but at quilt top stage I don't use them what are your thoughts uh, preference for those is generally when you're binding uh, because they're a bit more like bulldog clip lumpy for piecing it's not necessarily needed I mean it's good to have an extra if you've got a lumpy seam or something they're, they're fine but generally I like a flat pin because you want to go slowly and you're sewing slowly oh and the other thing don't sew over a pin ever you can throw the timing off on your machine you can break a needle you can flick that little broken bit of needle up into your face all sorts of things do not sew over pins I was literally <laughs> going to say the exact same thing. Do not sew over pins. Slow down, pull them out, get a magnetic pin catcher and just pop them to the side and live to sew another day <laughs> with your <laughs> eyes intact. All right, we're nearly at the end of our list because we're up to number 10. Okay, this is the stock standard iron and ironing board. Uh, you cannot piece a quilt accurately unless you have an iron and ironing board. Now, I was saying to Dawn, if you really wanted to get your 10,000 steps up, Put your iron and ironing board in another room, upstairs or downstairs from wherever your craft room is, and that way you can get some exercise. However, I put mine right next to my sewing machine because there's no way I'm getting up. Um, <laughs> so the thing will be is you want a good quality iron. Now, some quilters will tell you not to use steam. I am a steam girl all the way. It gets a nice crisp edge on fabric. It makes it nice and flat. However, if you're going to use steam, be careful because you can actually cause your fabric to end up with like a burn. It looks like shiny. Even if it's cotton, you can still do a bit of damage. So dial back the, the temperature of your iron a little bit. Make sure your iron is, is not, the plate is nice and clean so you don't get any burn marks or anything like that. But a good quality iron, I mean, I've used $10 irons from, you know, Kmart and Big W and places like that. I've used very expensive irons. Something in the middle is perfectly fine. Make sure your ironing board's nice and clean too and that it's nice and padded so that you can press your seams properly. The other thing would be too with pressing your seams is make sure that the seam is actually pressed all the way out because a lot of people tend to only iron from one side and you end up with a nice little fold on your fabric at the front. It's a bit hard to explain this without having a visual, but I can pop something up on my website to show we'll, you. Uh, I'll, I'll link because I know we've got pictures of this in previous projects. I'll link to that in the show notes. So basically, if you don't press properly, you're actually screwing up your measurement. So what you'll have is you'll lose a few millimetre because you've let that seam roll over and then your other side is short when you attach it to the next section. So make sure you press your seams open properly from the front of your joined piece. Yeah, press from the front, press from the back and be firm, but don't push that iron around so that you move it. I know that's one of your bugbears mm. because when it gets to the end and you've finished your quilt top and it's time, you, well, you've pieced your quilt top together and it's time to have it actually quilted. If you've stretched out your fabric when you've been ironing, it messes it up for your long arm quilter. And I've had a go on a long arm machine. Okay, number one, it's great fun. Number two, it's terrifying. So you can have a long arm quilter like Marnie, 
quilt your machine for you and they just do it and it's magic and it comes back and it's got pretty designs on it but if you give them something that's been ironed properly and precisely oh it makes the finished quilt so much better and it makes it a lot easier to work on too it means that we can load your quilt top onto the frame quilt it and not have to fiddle with anything to get it really nice and flat for you awesome so we've got our whole whole 10 things and these are things you literally must have if you're going to piece a quilt top together but we've got a couple of honorable mentions one you came up with one i came up with so i came up with a quick unpick also known as a seam ripper that sounds a lot more violent but sometimes it is and there are bad words said and and much regret is had but i i think a seam ripper is handy especially at the beginning because we make mistakes i mean i still make mistakes i've been doing this for a few years so I have a, I unpick every single thread systematically and pull out long pieces. Marnie, why don't you tell the people how you unpick them? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> uh, sometimes I rip it, depending on how angry I am at what I've done. Uh, so, but yes, no, I actually had a nickname a little while ago as the Grim Ripper. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, when you make a mistake, it's one of those things, You so you unpick it. But depending on what you're working on, ripping is not advisable, but... If you do want to unpick it methodically, it means that you're not cleaning up threads later on. So it is a lot better to do that. Yeah, that's why I do it that way, because it's an investment in me being frustrated later. All right, and what was your honourable mention? Thread snips. The amount, I've got half a dozen pairs of thread snips. They're all over the place. There's a pair magnetised to my long arm. There's a pair on a chain hanging behind it. They're everywhere. So a good small sharp pair of thread snips just means that no matter where you are, you don't have to reach for a big pair of scissors. You just need to grab a tiny pair of thread snips and just snip your, the tails off your seams or if you've got thread poking through the seam onto the front of whatever you're working on, you can snip that off. Uh, don't pull threads because you will gather up your seam if you're not careful or you'll pull some your fabric out if it's a fabric thread that's come through from the weave. But just, yeah, snip all your threads as you go. It's a good habit to get into because then, once again, when you if you send your quilt off to a long armour, it means that we're not snipping threads as we work on your quilt. And it just means that we can, once again, get a better finish for you. Well, I, I like to snip threads as I go. I've always been a thread snipper as I go. A little tiny pair of scissors will do the job. You can get all sorts of kinds. You can get really pretty ones that are shaped like Eiffel Towers yeah. and and unicorns and all sorts of stuff like that but if you snip as you go it's kind of like wiping up in your kitchen as you go if you've been cooking a great big bolognese and you splash stuff everywhere if you wipe it as you see it you don't have to do a big cleanup at the end it's the same with snipping threads i think it means you don't have to sit at the end because you at the end you don't want to sit there snipping threads for an hour in front of criminal minds or whatever you're watching on tv you know you just want to finish it get it off to your long armor or or learn how to do it yourself. So there we go. All right, so that is Marnie's top 10 must-have items that you need if you are going to piece together a quilt top. Uh, Marnie, before we go, have you got any last word of wisdom to those who are going to do this for the first time? Give it a go. If you don't like the one you're working on, don't give up the first time. Try something different. Go and take a class. Go and talk to somebody about it. Get a fresh set of eyes on it. Because I've seen a lot of people who try to do a quilt, their first go has been too difficult for whatever reason. They've had some bad advice or whatever it is, or they've tried to do something that's too complicated for them as a beginner. But try something else because you don't want to be disappointed. This is a great hobby to get into. 
there's so much in the industry that is amazing and there's so many people you can talk to, so much expertise out there. But if you find that you don't like the first thing you, you try, don't give up because there is a little groove that you'll find just for yourself. I think that's fantastic advice. So if people are looking for quilting advice or a long armour or all of your fantastic knowledge, whereabouts can they find you in big wide interwebs? It's at frankensteinsfabrics.com. I'm also on Instagram as Frankie's Fabrics and on Facebook. Well, there you go. And if you're ever in our neck of the woods, come take a class with Mami. She knows so much and you will learn a lot from her classes. So there we go. Words from two quilters who are addicted. I think it's fairly safe to say. So we hope you will join us in the fabric life. Come to the dark side. Yes, come to the dark side. We have fabric and binding. Huge thanks to Marnie for being my very first guest. I feel I've twisted her arm and we will be seeing her again. Well, in your case, you will be hearing from her again. If you have questions about quilting, I will put all of her contact details into the show notes so you can go ask her and check out her gorgeous work. I will also link to all those bits and pieces that we talked about today. Thanks so much for joining me in the craft room today. You can find links and other information about today's episode in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. I'd really appreciate that. I do hope you have a very crafty day and I will see you next time. Bye for now.